Would you turn in the scripture to the Psalms this evening? We're going to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Thanks be unto God. Gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Psalm 34, verse 1, read it out loud with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. I mean, it's hard to cuss while you're blessing the Lord. So if you was a blessing the Lord during that time, you wouldn't have been cussing. So many times the wrong things were said in the vacuum of not praising and not expressing. Say it again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall occasionally, huh? Randomly. What? Sporadically. <laughs> Continually. Be in my mouth. Can you do that? Can you do that? And I had a lady one time I was ministering to who had terrible mental difficulties. Had been in and out of mental institutions for year after year. And talking to her, I was prompted to take her to Joshua Tell her what the Lord told him, you know, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day. And we're going to talk about that, meditating in the word night and day. And she looked at me in aggravation. She said, you can't do that. You can't think about the word night and day. I said, well, sister, I didn't write that. I said, the Lord wouldn't tell us to do something we couldn't do. He would know whether we could do it or not. And then I saw it. I hadn't seen this clearly myself. But when I said that, I saw this. I said, you're already thinking about something night and day. It's not that you can't think about something night and day. You're already thinking about something. And obviously, it's the wrong thing. Because it's tormenting you, right? She's going out of her mind. Because the Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, and thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, if you're all distraught and you're upset and you're frantic, you have not been thinking on him. You've not been thinking on the right thing. And the thing is, you could have been. Can you choose to think on the right thing? Even though the wrong thing is pounding trying to get your attention. Can you do it? Well then can his praise be continually in your mouth? Now that doesn't mean that every word you say is praise the Lord. But he's talking about a lifestyle, isn't he? In the morning, in the afternoon, in the nighttime, It's just a way of life with you. You don't wait till you get to church and praise the Lord for a few minutes. It's the way you live. It's just natural for it to come out of you. And you say, praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Children need to hear their parents praising God out loud in the house. Hmm? They need to hear it. 
They don't need to hear you screaming at each other in the kitchen. They do need to hear you. They need to hear daddy. Get out of the car and there's nobody around that he knows. And he says, oh, glory to God. Thank you, Master, for such a fine day. Sad that a lot of guys think there's something weak about that. When it's just the opposite. To feel constricted to not do it is weakness. It takes confidence. Knowing who you are. And that's what the Bible said. I will that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands. Without wrath. And doubting and fear. What does that mean? Just not ashamed of the good news. So let's back up and read this verse again. Who does it start with? I. Let's read it out loud. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Let me finish reading the rest of it here. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now we talked about this O. Why you got the O? Why you need the O? There's some things can come up in your spirit and that's just what you need to express it. Oh. Hmm? I felt like saying that leaving Fort Worth the other day, coming home. Because <laughs> for years, I've got fussed at by ATC for moving too slow. And there's something about my nature that grates me. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not, but they'll say, you know, climb to such and such because there's traffic. And so you're, you know, you got to power up much as you can and you're climbing along in a jet. You know, you're a little jet. You're climbing along at 900 feet a minute or 800 feet a minute. And and they go, is that your best rate of climb? And you go, uh, yeah. They say, well, level off and 30 degrees right. In other words, stop and get out of the way and let the big planes come through. That has happened too many times. But this week. But this week. They said you got traffic at 12 o'clock and such and such miles. Can you expedite through 20,000? I said yes we can. And so I pushed up the power 4,000 feet a minute. Got there and leveled off. I said, such and such at flight level 200. They said, great. In other words, you could tell. They wouldn't expect you to get there that quick. You're like, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) And while it was happening, I wanted to say, oh, oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about right here. (laughs) Something that'll do the job. I don't know about you, but I don't like little weak stuff. Do you? I mean, (laughs) you know, stomp the accelerator and count to five and it pulls away from the light, you know. 
Whatever it is, it needs to have some substance to it. God is a strong God. We're to live strong lives. Don't you like extra? Well, he says, oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Well, now what kind of man was he? So then what kind of troubles did he have? Poor man troubles. It's a fact. And the Lord delivered him out of all his poor man troubles. That's not being able to pay bill troubles. Will he still do it for you and me? The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him. And he's not just there. But he's there to do something. And delivers them. You know, so many times this is happening and we don't even know it. It has to do with all the things that didn't happen. Mm. Thank God. You know, if all of us in here knew what we got spared from just this week, it'd be enough to just stay here all night and worship God. Praise God. It's happening all the time for believers. Thank God. But verse 8, what does it say? Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he is what? He's good. Oh, oh, he's good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is... No want to them that fear him. How much want? Yeah, but it might be the will of God for there to be some lack in your life to teach you some things. There are millions of Christians believe that. The problem is people try to, and don't just try, they water down the Bible and they alter it to match their experience in life. Instead of believing God to elevate your experience to match this. And people pray and something didn't happen so they create a doctrine that it wasn't the will of God. Never occurred to them they might not have done something right. And so people blame God for every loss in their life. They blame God for everything that destroyed and everything that stole from them. And Jesus is very clear. He said, it's the thief that comes and steals and kills and destroys. God's not our problem. Never has been. Who's my problem? You, your biggest one. You. And through dumbness and rebellion and disobedience, you open the door to your second biggest problem, the devil. The destroyer who can't do a thing unless we let him. But, so oftentimes people are letting him do all kinds of things, either through ignorance or through disobedience or combination. But if it's stealing, God didn't steal anything from you. He is not a thief. 
If it's something was destroyed in your life, don't you blame God for that. He's not the destroyer. Something was killed in your life, don't blame God for that. He's not a killer. He's a good. He's a good, good God. He's a good God. Do you believe it? Then he's not a bad God. He's a good God. Listen to the English version of this in the 8th verse. It says, find out for yourself how good the Lord is. Find out for yourself. Happy are those who find safety with him. Honor the Lord, all his people. Those who obey him have all they need. Even lions go hungry for lack of food. But those who obey the Lord lack nothing good. Do you believe this verse? Those who obey the Lord lack nothing good. If it's good, it's God. And if it's good, he wants you to have it. Y'all going to believe God with me tonight? Can we go on beyond where we've been? What if you get some persecution? Huh? If you're never getting any persecution, that's not a good sign. Because the Bible said, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus, they shall suffer persecution. And he said, if you sow and believe like you're supposed to, you'll reap in this lifetime. Right? A hundredfold. With persecution. Now, For years, I wanted to leave that out. When I confessed that verse and prayed that, I wanted to stop right there and leave that out. But it comes with. But there's grace. And the grace is far greater than the persecution. The devil does not want us to find out how good God is. Because when his goodness is really revealed and really manifested, it draws the masses to him. How many remember Romans? It's the goodness of God that what? He's not preaching hellfire and brimstone. He's not telling people they're going to hell. Hmm? That draws men to repentance. That's not even the gospel. I said, oh yes it is. Oh no it's not. Gospel means what? You saw our rascal sinner, you're going to hell if you don't change. Is that good news? That's not good news. That's bad news. What are we supposed to go into all the world and proclaim? The good news. What is the good news? You go into hell, you saw a rascal if you don't change that. No, uh-uh, that's not it. Go to Second Corinthians. Look at a summary of the good news. Oh, this is good news. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. 
That's good news. I said that's good news. Mm-mm. It is so good. A lot of people don't believe it. That thing is too good to be true. I, you know, we've had altar calls here many times, and you've seen them. And out on the road, I don't know at the times that I've led people into prayer. You've seen me do it. And then I look at them, and I said, now look at me. Believe that that is done. Never after today let anybody who knows you or your own mind or memories make you feel bad or guilty or ashamed about anything you've ever said or done before today. Because according to the word, it's all gone. You stand here before the Lord as clean and as innocent as little baby that never made a single mistake. Is that true? Is that good news? But I've looked at people's eyes before and I've seen people look at me like, how could that be? Right? It's like it's too good to be true. That I can go on from this point like I have no past. Like I've never made a mistake. Did God say, there's sins and iniquities. I will remember no more. Did he say it? Did he say, if you'd confess your sin, he is faithful, he is just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? Not a vestige, not a mark left of it. When God sees you, he doesn't remember it. So don't you bring it up. See, a guy that's been a terrible person. He's been a murderer. He's been a thief. He's been an outlaw. He's, he's betrayed his best friends. He, he's gone to the dregs. He's done things he's so ashamed of. Or a woman. Whoever. And God tell you that. Are you hearing somebody tell you that that's true? Is that good news? Yes. That God will forgive me. Yes. He'll cleanse me. And I don't have to feel embarrassed in his presence thinking about all the stuff that I've done. Because when I look into his eyes, I know he doesn't remember it. Is that good news? Oh, that's good. That's good news. That's when you have to say, oh, oh, how good he is. Now that's our commission. Is to go into all the world and tell people that. Proclaim it. Proclaim it is not a timid thing. Hmm? That's not saying, well, you know, I read this and I think it's okay and you could see. No, no. Proclaim it. This is true. Keep reading. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has given to us, committed to us, the word of reconciliation. Glory to God. Somebody's got the Amplified. Let me read that out of the Amplified. Thank you. He said, verse 19 in the Amplified, it was God personally present. In Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, 
but canceling them. And committed to us the message of reconciliation. What is that? That's us telling other people this message. What God has done. What? That God is not holding your sins against you. He's not mad at you because of your sin. Did you know the opposite of that has been preached? People have been told God's angry with you because of your sin. There is no sin problem. Just a faith issue. All the sins of all mankind, past and present and future, has been laid on Jesus. And he bore it all. And he paid the price for all of it. And he is risen from the dead for all of it. All of it. There is no sin problem in that respect. It is all that remains is that for a person, a man, a woman, a young person, a child to believe that and receive that. What? Believe that God is that good. People have stumbled at this. Haven't they? Oh, it can't be that easy. You got to work. You got to pay for your mistakes. You got to work for your salvation. Can't be that easy. What they're saying is God can't be that good. But he is that good. I said he is that good. He is that good. Somebody say he is that good. Glory to God. He is good. Come on, lift your hands right now. Just begin to thank him. Lord, you are so good. We believe you are this good. We believe it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me to the book of Psalms, please. Psalm 27. If you'll just let this come out of your mouth tonight and tomorrow and the next day, you will experience some wonderful things in the Lord. What, Brother Keith? Just tell him and praise him for his goodness. Just say, thank you, Lord. You are so good. Oh, you are so good to me. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you. If you've got your heart and your mind full of that, you're not thinking about what you don't have. You're not thinking about what somebody hasn't done for you. You're not thinking about your problems. And you are agreeing with the word. And you are agreeing with him instead of your words being stout against him. And what if you're saying, God, you're so good to me. God, you're so good to me. Oh, God, you're so good to me. And you believe it in your heart. And you say it with your mouth. What's going to happen? (laughs) You're giving him legal access to manifest his goodness. And I tell you, I've experienced this personally myself. The more I've done this, it's like he said to me, yeah, you think I'm good? And I go, oh, I know you're good. He said, watch this, watch this. Look at this. And you go, oh, oh, you're so good. He said, I'm better than that. He is so good. He's good. But you have to believe it. And you have to accept it and receive the goodness. See, the devil will tell you, oh, come on, come back to reality now. It's a bad old world. And bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens to good people. And we just don't know why. But don't get too stirred up because something bad's about to happen to you probably. 
You go very long, you know it will. Something bad. And if you've had some bad things happen, you have to watch. And without even saying it, you're kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. And when it happens, you can tell people we're believing for it. Because when something happens, they go, what next? (laughs) What next? And then something else happens. Well, what else? I guess the whole thing's going to drop. I guess we're just going to lose it all. Yeah, like that you will. I said, like that you will. No. But what if you could turn it around? <laughs> and something good happened and you go, oh, what else is going to happen? <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, I know he's bigger than this. What else is he going to do? What does that mean? You are in a state of expectancy for good. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You are expecting good. Do you know there are many Christians? They get up in the morning, something don't go right, and they go, you know, I guess. What can you expect? What else is going to happen? Oh, look at that. I should have known. I told you. I told you it's going to happen. Been telling you for months. And they act like that's something spiritual, you know. That they're, what they're trying to say is, you know, I'm a prophet. And I foretold this here disaster. I've been telling you. Not have enough sense to realize it was the words out of their mouth that set it in motion six months ago. And basically they're the ones that caused it. Now they won't believe it. Oh, they don't believe it. Oh, no, no, no. Brother Keith, stuff just happens. And we don't know why. (laughs) Maybe you don't know why. But God knows why. And there's so much in the Bible to tell us why. If we would read it once in a while. And actually believe it. How many remember this verse? Life and death. Is in the power of the tongue. Hmm? Well, where are you right now? You can go through the day expecting something else bad to happen. Or you could change. And you could believe like Brother Oral Roberts has said for years. What does he say? Something good is going to happen to you today. Brother Hagin said back in the, uh, I guess this was the 50s, that some of the other preachers in the circles they were in, because Brother Oral's ministry was very big and the largest of its kind. And he said, more than one told him, I wish he'd quit saying that. He said, what? God's a good God. And something good's going to happen to you. How does he know? <laughs> now, I guarantee you, if he'd have got up there and said, bad things are coming. Bad things are going to happen to you. Nobody would have said a word. They just went, oh, sad but true. <laughs> you know, the rain falls on us all. 
That's a misquote of that verse. The rain in that verse is a blessing. Rain. <laughs> There's got to come a little rain sometime. You know, it's those valley experiences that helps us appreciate the mountaintops. You've got to take the good with the bad. And none of that is in the Bible. None of it. But people's tradition have made the word of God of none effect. I had a woman one time get aggravated with me about she come down and take me to task about something I'd preach. And I said, well, what? I said, what? She said, well, it's just like the song says. I said, the what? I was quoting scripture to her. She said, well, you know the song. And she began to quote something to me out of the hymnal. And it was contrary to the Bible. But she had more faith in that, and that was more real to her than the Bible. And friend, that is all too common. All too common. Don't take issue with me. Yourself. Examine everything you believe by this book. If you can't find it in here, I don't care who said it. I don't care what preacher said it. I don't care what denomination believes it. Do not build your life on it. I don't care if it's me, I don't care who it is. Find it in here. And if this contradicts what you think, you're wrong. Change. Believe this. Now that should be something we're doing our whole life. Adjusting and changing. And we'll read something and we'll think, hmm, nah, that's, I hadn't been thinking right about that. And so you change. Today and the next day and the next and the next can you go through the day expecting something bad? Hmm? Why don't all these things happen to me? I just don't understand. I try to do right. It seems like every time I take a step forward, I get knocked back too. Are they expecting good to happen? No, they're not. What are they expecting? How can you tell if you or they were expecting bad to happen? Because when it happens, you're not surprised. You're like, well, of course. Oh, we knew it was coming. (laughs) You're not surprised when bad stuff happens. You're not surprised when you come short on your bills again. You're not surprised. You're not surprised when all the kids get sick. You're not surprised. Well, it's going around. I knew they'd get it. You're believing for it. You're expecting it. You should be surprised. If anything bad happens in your life, you should go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This ain't normal. Somebody left the door open. How come this is happening? This ain't supposed to be happening. Lord, help me. Shut the door. Show me what to do. Instead of going, well, you just have a little rain in life sometimes. No, 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 no. Look at this, Psalm 27. Psalm 27 and verse 13. What did he say? Oh, there are many Christians fainting today. He said, I had fainted unless, unless. What? I had believed to see what? I had believed 
to see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. Uh-uh. Now, oh, you're going to see it when you get to heaven. And there'll be plenty of time shouting about that then, but we got to get from here to there. Can we experience some goodness of God down here? Now, he said, I'd have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living that's here, that's now, that's in this life. Goodness of the Lord. Here and now. But notice this is not just case or or whatever will be will be. This is me and you believing to see it. Actively using our faith, expecting good things to manifest now in this life. Oh, come on, come on. Can you see it? Say it out loud, I'm expecting some good things. The goodness of God manifested here and now in the land of the living. I'm believing to see it. I'm expecting it. I'm excited about it. Something good. Many good things are happening and about to happen for us. Now, believing means before you see it, before you feel it, if you wait till you see it, you're not believing. What a different life. Hmm? I know a minister friend of mine, sometime back, he, he had a little plane and he had gone somewhere in it. And a tornado hit the airport where his plane was parked and picked it up and turned it upside down, slammed it down on top of another one. And... And I called him about it and said, brother, what happened? He said, God's got something better for me. <laughs> what, what's he doing? He's expecting. Now, he knows God didn't tear up his airplane. But he knows that God has the ability to take even what the enemy meant for bad and turn it around. Right? So he's expecting something good to come out of it and you know it was wasn't long he had one twice as good as that and he did he came out a whole lot better and I'm sure he was saying oh taste and see find out for yourself how good the Lord is but you can't just bump through life waiting to see what's going to happen next and really secretly expecting it to be something not good And when it happens, you're not surprised because bad stuff is happening everywhere. No, you have to actively expect to see. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord now here in the land of the living. This is one of the key verses in this series. Are you with me now? Can you see it? So much is here. Say it out loud. I am actively Believing. Believing. I am. am. Excitedly. Excitedly. Expecting. Expecting. To see. see. To experience. experience. The goodness of the Lord. Lord. In this life. life. In my life. life. Here Here and now. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now you might think, well, Brother Keith, that's just all about me, experiencing good. No, it's not just all about you. Hold your place there and go with me to Numbers, the 10th chapter. Have you got a few more minutes tonight? Numbers chapter 10. You begin to get some insight into why the enemy has fought this so hard. Why he fights so-called prosperity teaching. And don't misunderstand me. There are some people that misuse the scriptures and twist the scriptures to prophesy money out of your pocket into theirs. But that, you see that in every profession. And you have the Holy Ghost and you have a Bible. And it's really your fault if you waste your money in something like that. Right? If you'd pray and listen to the Lord, he'd lead you not to sow into something like that. He'd cause you to know it. But people are opposed to this and really without realizing it, they're opposed to the goodness of the Lord. When it comes to stuff, you know, we, for centuries, the church has stood up and sung, I don't want any of this old world's goods. You know, if I could just have a little log cabin over in the corner of glory land. That's all unbiblical. That's all unscriptural. You need some of this world's goods. God wants you to have. Notice we don't call them bads. We call them what? Goods. Right? Goods. Why? It's good stuff. Right? Good food. Good furniture. Good house. Good vehicles. Good stuff. It's not of the devil. The devil didn't create this planet. The devil didn't give men the wisdom and understanding to build and fabricate things. You know, it's like Christians have been afraid to have good stuff. It's like, oh, that's of the devil. Especially if it was expensive. Oh, that's of the devil. You see that price tag? That's got to be of the devil. Is it good? Is it a good one? Then it's the will of God. Did you hold your place in Psalms? Go to Psalm 84 then before you go to Numbers. Since you held your place, you're ready. Goods. The Bible talks about repeatedly how God blessed people, his covenant people, with goods. Goods. Not bads. Goods. God made some good stuff. The Bible said in Genesis, when he made the gold, God himself, he told them where the gold was, and he said the gold was good. Gold is good. Nice stuff is good. Good. Now here's the thing. If it's good, God wants you to have it. We need major mind renewal in this area. We, we, we need to hear this and hear this and hear this and tell ourselves this. If it's good, God wants you to have it. Psalm 84. 84 and 11. For the Lord God 
is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Do we believe this? If it's good, God won't tell us no. <laughs> Bless our hearts. <laughs> the body of Christ is so far behind on all this. It is just pitiful. Somebody said, well now, I'm more interested in saving the world. Me too. That's what I'm talking about. But see, for centuries, people have talked about that they don't believe in all these goods, but yet we want to reach the world. (laughs) Does that make sense? You can't do good unless you have good. You can't give what you don't have. Sit out loud. I can't do good unless I have good. Now, you're not going to have good unless and until you receive good. So does it work that people don't receive the goodness of God, but they're going to do all these good things for other people? Absolutely not. It's a deception. Have you ever heard people say, well, I don't believe in all that, you know, God will bless you and prosper you and stuff. I don't believe in all that. I just believe in doing things for people. And I enjoy, yeah, it's laughable. You know, I'm a good giver, but it's hard for me to receive. That's a lie. You can't be a good giver and you're not a good receiver. Thank you for those five amens. It's impossible to give what you have not received. Such as you have is what you can give. And before you're going to have it, you got to receive it. Oh, can you see this? Can you see the ploy of the devil, the subtlety in getting us confused about where God wants us to have anything good? Why? Because if he gets you to believe that, the rest of it's choked. Your level of receiving determines people downstream from you's receiving from you. How good you know God to be is going to determine how much good he's going to be able to minister through you to somebody else. So the person that says, now I don't believe in all that stuff, all that, you know, if I've got something to eat and me and my wife and my kids got clothes and a place to stay, that's all I care about. Then you're choked. And how much can God use a person like that to bless other people? You know, this is what they'll be saying all the time. I wish I had something. I'd sure like to do. If I had it. I'd like to help. Man, if I had, I'd do anything for it. If I had, I just don't have it. And we got millions right there. 
If I had it, I'd love to help you. I would if I had it. Well, why don't you have it? I'm serious. Well, I just, you know, you come right back to it. It's just it wasn't the Lord's will. Some people are not supposed to have it. Are they actively believing good things to come into their hands? No, they're not. Are they doing what the Word said? No, no. So they don't have it. But they believe in doing good for people. With what? Are y'all with me now? It would be fun if it wasn't so pathetic. We've had more than once. People leave us. Leave the church. Because they don't agree with what just kind of thing I'm teaching right now. And much later, ask for financial assistance. Now, they've gone somewhere else that preaches more to their liking in this area. And so we say, well, why can't your current place help you? Well, they don't have it. (laughs) We didn't know if they're telling the truth or not, so we contact the leadership. And they said, no, if y'all can help them, please do, because we don't have it. Yet we're a cult. Because we believe in prosperity. <laughs> Can you see that? It's ignorant. <laughs> Have mercy, Lord, yes. <laughs> Said out loud, if it's good, God wants us to have it. Read this verse again. I mean, actually, let me read it to you from another translation. Psalm 84, 11, New Living. For the Lord God is our light and protector. He gives us grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. No good thing. Say it out loud. No good thing. No good thing. The English version says the Lord is our protector and our glorious king, blessing us with kindness and honor. He does not refuse any good thing to those who do what is right. If it's good, he wants you to have it. I said if it's good, he wants you to have it. Our minds got to get renewed so that we don't think the good stuff is for somebody else. How good is he? <laughs> is he that good that he would give that good stuff to us? Is he that good? Now go to Numbers and you'll see how this applies to the Great Commission. How it applies to our whole life. Numbers. What did we say? Chapter 10? Is that what it was? Numbers 10. And down in about verse 29, Moses' father-in-law came and visited them after God had showed his mighty power in delivering them, protecting them from all of the plagues, and then destroying their enemies in the Red Sea. And there was the, the fire by night and the cloud by day and the water out of the rock and 
manna out of the sky, and he had heard about all these things. And he came to see his son-in-law. And verse 29, Moses, this is uh, Numbers 10, 29, Moses said to Hobab, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, he said, we're journeying to the place of which the Lord said, I'll give it to you. Now, let's just stop right there. We spent the last two sessions talking about that place. What kind of place was it? Scores of times, the Bible refers to it as the good land. The land that flows with milk and honey, right? Where you won't lack any good thing in it. You're going to move into houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant, wells you didn't dig, houses full of all good things. How many understand? The good land is the good life. And Moses is telling him, that's where we're headed. That's where we're going. He said, we're going to the place, that good place. The Lord said, I'm going to give it to you. Come with us. He's telling his father-in-law, you come with us and we will do you good. For the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. Come with us and we'll do you good. Now skip on down a little bit further. Verse 32. Well, verse 31, he told he. uh, He acted like he didn't want to come. He said, leave us not, I pray you, for as much as you know how we're to encamp in the wilderness, that you may be to us instead of eyes, and it'll be if you go with us. Yes, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do to us, the same will we do to you. (laughs) Did you hear that? Is that getting in you? Let me read this to you from the English version. Verse 29, he said, uh, we're about to start out for the place which the Lord said he would give us. Is it that wealthy place the Bible talks about? He's promised to make Israel prosperous. So come with us and we'll share our prosperity with you. Now, before you can share anything. I know this is simple, but religion has mixed this all up in people's heads. Before you can share anything, you got to have something. Before you can share a lot, you got to have a lot. Before you can give a jet, you got to have a jet. And have it paid for. I was with Brother Happy out in Tulsa. And I was able to tell him that we just took delivery on our harvest. He was excited. Of course, he ripped over there in his bird. He's telling me I had to be going and coming and even Miss Jeannie with him. And he said, Brother Keith, Brother Happy, such a fine man. He said, Brother Keith, every time I get in that plane, it feels like the Lord just engulfs me with his love. <laughs> he said, and my pilot told me, he said, I've flown a bunch of these. He said, this is the finest 
best equipped one of these I have ever seen. And it flies. It's blessed. How many got seed in that plane? You sowed that. You sowed it. Before you had seed to sow, you had to receive seed. You had to experience some goodness. On your job, in your business, right? You had to experience some goodness. The more goodness you receive, the more you can minister. Somebody say goodness. He said in uh, verse 32, he said, what goodness the Lord will do to us, the same will we do to you. The NASB says, if you go with us, it'll come about that whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do it for you. What good can you do for other people? Only what good you have received from the Lord. Can you see the ploy of the enemy? Can you see that he tries to tell you, oh, you got to do good. You're supposed to do good for people. You're supposed to do good. And you're talking about receiving something good for yourself. Oh, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And so we got a whole world full of Christians. Broke. No means. No substance. In condemnation because they're not doing more good works. And frustrated because they don't have it to do with. But are they actively expecting to see the goodness of the Lord in the land? No, they don't believe in all that. Make fun of us that do. But not this bunch. I said not this bunch. And I'm talking about the whole bunch. By the internet, you're part of the bunch too. We are those who believe. In the goodness of the Lord. He is so good. He's so good. He'll give you anything. He'll give you the best of the best. And give you five of them. He'll do it. He'll do it. And then what can you do? You can take. Of the goodness. That you've received from him. And what good he did for you. You can do that same good. For somebody else, which is really him doing it for them through you. Oh, come on. Can you see it? Do you believe it? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm stirred up about it. Thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Proverbs. I think I'm done. Let's make sure I don't short you, because I know how you are. You don't want me to leave anything on the plate, do you? you want me to? <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you? That's a good place. We'll go to Proverbs. And then we'll go to Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 31. You can be finding that. And the Proverbs is 3. 
How good is God? Is He better than we've known? Hmm? Have we experienced all His goodness? Haven't barely begun. We're thankful for all that we have experienced, but oh, oh, oh. You see why that O is in there? <laughs> I believe we're going to be hearing a lot more O's around here. <laughs> I've already heard some. I've had people say, oh, Brother Keith, oh, oh, let me tell you what the Lord did. What are they talking about? Goodness. His goodness. Now quit talking about what you deserve or don't deserve. That'll block your blessing. And quit talking about what you need and don't need. That's an excuse not to be blessed. I wish everybody was on the same page here. Stop talking about what you deserve. None of us merit these good blessings. Hmm? But we can get them anyway. Because God is good. And he's gracious. And quit talking about what you need. Oh, I don't really need that. You just talked yourself out of it. You just decided to be lazy and not believe for it. Oh, I don't need a big house like that. It's just more to clean. I don't need a car with all that fancy stuff on you. Know, all that electrical stuff start giving you problems later on down the road. <laughs> You're lying. You know you want it. And you're trying to be religious. You think that's being humble and don't know it's being ignorant. Go ahead and believe for it. Because the Lord's liable to have you sow it. And the person next was believing for all that stuff. So don't short them. I feel like going to prayer right now. (laughs) Proverbs, are you there? Proverbs 3 and 27. What does it say? Withhold not good. Withhold not what? Good. Now, Now, why would he say that? Like father, like son. Be ye imitators of God. As dear children. What's he like? No good thing will he withhold. From them that walk uprightly. What the Bible say? If you then. You know talking about if a son would ask his father. For something to eat. Would he give him a snake? Something that would hurt him? No. No. Went on to say. If you being evil know how to give good gifts. Good things to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good things? To them that ask him. And no good thing will he withhold. Do we believe that? If it's good. He wants us to have it. Say that out loud. If it's good. He wants us to have it. And I want you to say me this time. If it's good. He wants me to have it. You got cheap watch and you got expensive watch. Well, things cost a lot of money. Yeah, but is it a good watch? Oh, is it a good watch? It's a fine watch. Then what? I didn't say you're supposed to go in debt over everything. I didn't say that. 
I said he wants you to have it. Now where your faith is is a different matter. We've already talked about that. But you ought at least believe he wants you to have it. Right? Look at the price tag on that car. Yeah, but is it a good car? Is it a good car? (laughs) It's the best. Then what do you know? He wants you to have it. So what would be standing between you and having it is not him. Not that he has chosen for you to be poor. It's a matter of your believing and your thinking and your sowing and your obeying. But since he's like that, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Then he wants us to be that way with each other. Right? So what does it say? Hmm? Don't withhold what? Good from them to whom it is due. And what's the rest of the verse? When it is in the power of your hand to do it. What's he saying? They're believing him. God dealt with you to do it. Does he want them to wait? On what they're believing. Does he want them to wait another day or a week while you lollygag around and play around and you got it there with you? No. No, they're believing God. All you need to do is be sure that you're supposed to do it. And when you're sure, don't delay. Don't delay. Once you're sure, don't delay. But now look. Why did he say the next part? When... What? Well, what if it's not in the power of your hand? Then they have to wait. You suppose there are people waiting. And waiting. While people debate these things. And argue over doctrinal points. It's got to be in the power of your hand to do it. So you can do it. Without delay. Can you see it? And you have to have been experiencing the goodness of God. And the blessings of God for it to be in the power of your hand. Where's that next place I told you to go? Psalms what? 31. Oh, get ready to shout. Get ready to shout. Some more I should say. Psalms 31. Woo, woo, woo. Feel like Billy Brim. Woo, woo, woo. That's another way of saying, oh, when you press in and taste of his goodness, it's not time to sit down and wax verbose. If something touches you enough and gets through to you enough and ministers to you enough, you're not trying to think of a complicated way to say it. You just go, oh, 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 oh. Psalm 31, are you there? 19. What does it say? Oh, Oh, how great is your goodness. 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 Now read the rest of it. Read the rest of it. Huh? Huh? Which you have laid up 
for them that fear you, those that respect you and honor you, which you have wrought or worked for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Glory to God. Does that do anything for you? Hmm? Listen to this in the NIV. How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. God has stockpiled goodness. He has laid it up and stored it up and laid it up for us who respect Him and reverence Him and honor Him. And He wants to bestow it on us in the sight of other people who don't know Him. Oh, come on, can you see it? Until it comes to pass that they are arrested by the transaction and the goodness of God turns them and leads them to Him. Can you see why the devil has fought? He fought healing. He's fought prosperity. He's fought tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. He's fought having fun and enjoying life. Why? Because if the world ever sees this goodness poured out on us, they'll run to him by the millions. They'll want him. They want a God like that. But they've been lied to. They've been told God is mean. He's got a stick. He's mad at them for all their sins and their mistakes. And he's just waiting for one more slip up and blah. He's going to get you. So they want to stay away from a God like that. They feel too unholy to come in. They're too much of a mess up. They're too much of a failure. They want to stay away from a God like that. But it's not so. I said it's not so. Our God. He's a good. He's a good, 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 good father. He's a good God. And he has stored up. He has laid up of his goodness for us. Glory to God. Turn over to Psalm 68 and see this. While you're there in the neighborhood. Psalm 68. Psalm 68 and 10. It says... Uh, Well, verse 9 goes with it. You, O God, did send a plentiful rain, whereby you did confirm your inheritance when it was weary. Boy, we've got a lot of good rain around here, haven't we? Man, God's blessed us so much. All our levels are up. There are places in the world are suffering drought for the, you know, years and years before. We're so blessed. We don't take it for granted. We're thankful. Verse 10, your congregation has dwelt therein. We dwelt where? In this inheritance. Blessed with all this rain and plenty. You, O God, have what? Prepared of your goodness for the poor. 
then it couldn't be his will that they stay poor or he wouldn't have piled up some goodness for them. If he'd have wanted them to stay poor, he wouldn't have piled up goodness for them and prepared it for them. All this goes together, doesn't it? Why is God pouring out all this goodness on us? So the goodness he's done for us, we can do for somebody else. And the more goodness we're living in and experiencing, the more goodness we can do for others. Oh, can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, lift up your hands, begin to thank God for more goodness. More goodness. More goodness. More goodness. That's another way of saying more of God. More goodness. More of God. More goodness. That's another way of saying more healing. Healing is good. Healing is good. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, let's praise the Lord because He's good. Oh, He's so good. Oh, He's so good. Oh, you're so good. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.